Hello there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of Jedi Knights. I'm your moderator, Christian Buckley. Joining me once again for our first time recording at actual night. Whoa, Jedi Knights at night. Yeah. After hours. What do you know? <laughs> Shout out Daylight Savings. Yeah. Mike Connors, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Um, it, we have a lot of content to talk about today. Yeah, we have more reviews than just uh, an episodic Star Wars movie. So The Star Wars season has begun. Yes. As, it, as, as a podcaster uh, that I can't remember his name on the spot, they said, begun the streaming wars have. Sure. Okay. That's a good uh, one. Ken Knapsack, actually. Oh, and I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. There you go. Uh, on the mixer today, Pat Maroney. I was in the middle of a burp. Sorry. <laughs> 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 How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, I'm well. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Like I said, uh, you have... Very nice ways to watch these movies now. I know. <laughs> Disney Plus has arrived, and we're going to get into that. Before we get into any of that, though, as always, we're going to play a little game called Fire the Cannon, where I write up a tweet-sized recap of a piece of Star Wars lore, maybe sort of canon still, maybe not canon. Uh, we talk about it, decide if it's worth bringing into the new expanded universe. Today is one of the first pieces of like expanded universe stuff specifically characters that I learned about. So I'm interested to see where this goes. Sure. Mar Jade, also known as Mar Jade Skywalker. Is this a Luke's wife? Yes. Ah, I got it. Yeah, good <laughs> job. So Mar Jade was the hand to Emperor Palpatine. Uh, she was his master assassin. After the Emperor died, she went rogue and became a smuggler, going on to be very successful as a smuggler. Uh, I believe she almost became like the head of the smugglers guild her final task from shivi was uh killing <laughs> luke skywalker in service of the emperor and she fulfilled it from a certain point of view by killing luke skywalker who we did bring up on this program in the past that's luke with two u's right it is uh jade gave up her ties to the empire learning the ways of the new jedi order and marrying luke skywalker was she force sensitive i believe so Oh. She was trained by uh, Palpatine to be a Jedi assassin, like oh, a secret okay. apprentice, kind of. So she was like an Inquisitor before. An yeah, Inquisitor. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so or I guess after. the idea, the idea of Marjade, just existing as I guess Luke's significant other, being a partner to build up the, the new Jedi Order, and kind of, I guess proving again that people can be redeemed from the dark side. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, the main encompassing factor of Mar Jade for my familiarity. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of puts the whole like Jedi's can't marry people or have kids like on its head. Yeah. a little bit and from what I understand of the extent uh, of the expanded expanded universe that like the Jedi order that existed after return of the Jedi was definitely not the same as it was. Yeah, and I think this is something that I have written down for when we talk about Empire today, but I think Luke, now more than ever in hindsight with where we've seen his character go, I think I look at him in a different way as a character that is great because he kind of like sheds what it means to be a Jedi yeah. and forges his own path. Yeah. So when it comes to Mar Jade and kind of his back and forth with her, I guess she kind of comes into the fold as like the fourth member, I guess fifth because Chewie. Um of the original group right you know so as far as like i guess fleshing out the in-between years for six and seven if mara jade does exist if in canon luke did have a wife and in the expanded universe she passed away be, uh, her nephew killed her 
do we think that Mara Jade should return should they decide to flesh out Han, Luke, and Leia in, say, an animated series, Rebels, or Clone Wars style? Yes, I think that, you know, we need to get away from, from that former, like, Jedi Order, like, dogma that was in the prequels and yeah. stuff like that, and sort of introducing that idea of, like, a gray Jedi, mm -hmm. almost. We kind of did that. They did that with Ahsoka yeah. pretty well. Um, but having Luke Skywalker marry another Force-sensitive person, perhaps even have children with that person, it's possible. We don't know, really, what happened between uh, 6 and 7 right? that much. Yeah, and... As we see with Mandalorian, we're going to begin to break the ground there. Yeah. Um, so, Marjay, do you think, like, as far as the concept of her, do you think that's interesting? Like, is she worth bringing in as it stands, the way I pitched it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always thought she was a cool character. I also thought that the Expanded Universe characters that Han and Leia, like their children, mm -hmm. I thought they were cool, too. Yeah. So, uh, I'm all for Marjay. Awesome. Yeah, I am, too. I think it would be cool to see her... Um, again, sort of get the perspective of redeeming yourself from the dark side and then actually doing something. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be an interesting character to explore. Yeah, let's let's uh, not fire the cannon. Make it cannon. Make it cannon. Make it cannon. M I C. Can I also? Uh, I, I've kind of like I'm familiar with this character. I spent a lot of time like my sophomore year of college just going through all of the the EU like explain comics on YouTube and I kind of did some research on it while you were talking uh she was written by a guy named Timothy Zahn yeah oh yeah yeah and uh he is basically the one that has he controls all approval of her through Lucasfilm interesting so if, if they kind of go forward and say hey uh we want to put her into the story mm -hmm. they could have already done that for all we know yeah he's the one that can say yes or no but he wants to like hold out for the fact he's like it's got to be a generic organic spot to fit her in and she has to have like a significant role in the story i mean that makes sense because if my memory serves he's also the creator of thrawn yeah so he wrote Air yeah. of the empire right in that trilogy mm -hmm. and now he's currently writing the current thrawn trilogy and thrawn is in rebels thrawn is in rebels yeah so yeah, yeah we could see mara jade yeah and also um looking at like the concept art of her not the concept art but what comic art has been made of her throwback to excelsior like Becky Lynch would be perfect for this character. I, I could see it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not familiar with who that is. So. She's a wrestler. Okay. Yeah. All right. An Irish wrestler. No, okay. The Irish last kick. Like a WWE wrestler? Yeah, WWE wrestler. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so that does it for our little game, but this week, Disney Plus has arrived. What's that? Disney Plus <laughs> is an app that you can get on every single device except the Nintendo Switch. Are we sponsored? No. Should be. <laughs> That'd be nice. Could be, yeah. We've done two Disney review series at this point. Yeah. It's basically free publicity, not that, like they need it. Yeah. yeah. Ten, ten, <laughs> I get that it's free accounts, but like 10 million subs in one day launching in one territory. territory. Is that true? Yeah. I don't even know that stat. Yeah. It's crazy. Hmm. Well, it was also free. Yeah it's, yeah. it's free, but like people are still signing up, you know? Yeah. And... They have me for a year. Like, I'm not going to pr pretend that I'm not going to be having this thing next November, you know? Was it, what, 69 six ninety nine per year? It's 70 bucks for a year, yeah. yeah. Or seven a month, I think? It's seven, seven a, month. a month, yeah. So, uh, not too bad for, like, the catalog, I think. I've browsed a little bit before we get into the Star Wars talk. Uh, all of us have it right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you watch anything special on there? Um, well, I started kind of watching Rebels a little bit. Like nice. after I watched the first episode of The Mandalorian, I mm -hmm. was like, "Let's let's just take a look." Nice. So I started watching that. Nice. 
Pat, what about you? Did you uh, check anything out on there? I have yet to. Um, I tried to get my roommates into The Mandalorian, and we just ended up watching Free Solo. So, Free Solo? I still have to watch that. I want to very badly. It's uh, it's <laughs> it's one of the most anxious movie viewing experiences you'll have. I love a good documentary. Yeah. Um, I watched the first thing I did because I woke up and I had things to do that day. So I didn't want to dive into the Mandalorian at like 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I watched three episodes of the 90s Spider-Man cartoon series. Nice. That thing is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's cheesy. You know, they have like that, that bundle, right? You can get Disney plus Hulu and like ESPN. Right? Yeah. That's a cool, that's a really good deal. If I didn't have the Hulu Spotify student thing, right. I would probably get the bundle. Yeah. I don't have Hulu, but I just like steal from my friend. That's not really stealing. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so there's there is a little bit of news to talk about this week. It's going to be lighter news because we have two things to review this week. Um, Disney Plus, I'm sure you heard this, uh, is the first time we can watch the original trilogy in 4K, mm-hmm. 4K HDR. Uh, a little bit of fun, interesting facts about this. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo updated the Star Wars fandom on Twitter about like what what the reasoning is behind this, like how this exists. So do you remember, I believe around the time of the Disney purchase, they were like, hey, every like other month, we're re-releasing every Star Wars movie in 3D. Oh yeah, they did it with Phantom Menace and then they just never did it again. <laughs> and they stopped. <laughs> um, I actually saw Phantom Menace in 3D. Same. Yeah. 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 It was but, good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's Phantom Menace. Yeah, but I mean, like it was, a, it was the first time I saw a live action Star Wars movie on screen. It's really? a polished turd. Yeah, because I didn't see Revenge of the Sith at, on oh, theaters. We've talked about this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what they did was they took the original masters of the film and gave them the 4K treatment. I don't know enough about how it actually works, but they did do a 4K remaster of the original trilogy um, without the CGI. Then they re-added the CGI. They redid a few of the CGI elements. Uh, lightsabers, they got redone. So remember how we were talking about how you can see like the missing frame and like Luke's lightsaber is kind of just white. Did that get fixed? I don't know if the missing frame is fixed, but it is very clearly a blue lightsaber now. Oh, good. Okay. So they they changed that. Um, they also added. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also uh, they I think they redid CG Jabba in that uh, encounter with Harrison Ford. Oh, in, in a new hope. In new hope. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't seen it. On me either. I, I meant to hop into it, but I didn't get a chance. Um, I did see on Twitter people sharing the, the lightsabers, at least. Lucas oversaw this, so this wasn't a Disney call. Everything really? we're talking about here is something that Lucas approved in, like, 2012, whenever that initiative to release season 3D happened. That's really interesting, huh? Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking, they, so Disney just bought 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Why didn't we just get, like, a remastered version of, like, the original cut? Because I'm sure they're saving that for a $100 collection of just the original trilogy. I will buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is. I don't know if I've ever seen the original, like, unaltered. Oh, like like the the original original, like the the theatrical release. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen I may have seen it, like, one time. Yeah. But it wasn't mine. Right. Yeah. I've seen all of them. Yeah. Well, you have the Despecialized, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is, is... I'm, my Star Wars knowledge isn't too deep. Was Jabba always 
portrayed as a puppet or in those original cut versions is he the human that we were talking about last episode so they shot it as Jabba being a human but that was cut and then Jabba never showed up until episode six okay um so that scene with Han and Jabba talking that never existed until like the 90s right yeah it wasn't until like the 97 special edition right uh as you were alluding to yeah sorry I, I jumped ahead McClunky. McClunky. <laughs> I have that in bold. I n- I normally just bold like the titles of what topics we're talking about, yeah. but I bold a McClunky. What's up with that? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, what's the purpose? So somebody actually was like defending it, and I think it was interesting. Okay. So, you know how the Huts control Tatooine? They also like control that entire region of space. Yeah. So they yeah. can they like they own Tatooine. Like the Empire, they have a presence, but like it's the Huts. Because of that, everyone on Tatooine knows a little bit of the Hut language. Huttese. Huttese. Okay, I yes. wanted to make sure I knew Huttese. what it was. Okay. They know a little Huttese. Uh, so, I forget what McClunky means. I, I do know what it Okay, means. what is it? It means something along the lines of, like, this will be the end of you. Yeah, so yeah. the reason he says it is because that's, since he was sent by Jabba to kill him, that's, like, the last word from Jabba. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you know who's here. Sebulba so says that's yeah McClunky in, in Phantom Menace. Yeah. So I don't I don't have a problem with this. It's dumb, but like I just don't get why. Like it's it's just like the scene the scene is already ruined. I like, think it was just George Lucas trolling. I mean he's like, good for him. He's like <laughs> he's like I can I can do one more thing. <laughs> you do the best George Lucas impression. Thank you, I try. But yeah, like that scene in general. I, like it's already its own like weird thing now so like adding something like that to it like it doesn't take away from it you know no it doesn't i would like to see every time they re-release this movie like on any like say say they did like a box set yeah and you can just see every version well yeah but i also just want them to keep adding like one, one more thing more. to that scene like yeah. just another little thing to it see i kind of think it's interesting like i know it, people have issues with everyone like george lucas adding things all the time but I kind of would have been a little upset if this version of the films didn't have one thing in there. Yeah. Just because it's, like, tradition at this point. Honestly, yeah. It kind of, like, goes to that that larger argument of, like, should art be, like, altered after it's released? Sort of, like, yeah. people talk about that with Kanye West and stuff, how yeah. he, like, changed life Pablo a bunch. I don't want to get into it. Right. But. I, I think it's a case-to-case thing, but, like, in the case of George Lucas in these films, at this point, it's part of it, you know? For me, at least. Plus, he's George Lucas. He could do whatever he wants. Yeah. So, if we do want to start, like, shifting the public opinion to be like, Han Solo isn't really a bad guy, which seems like that's why they did had him dodge and Greedo getting in a final word. Like, okay, yeah. you know, it's not how I think of it, but if that scene's there, it's there. Right. But McClunky's a funny word to say. I know. <laughs> the way that I think of that scene is, like, Han Solo shot first, even though it doesn't. Yeah, I don't remember if I said this on air, but, like, when that scene happened in the movie, I just, like, blinked for a longer second than normal. So I like, want to see it happen. Oh, there he did it. Yeah. <laughs> Greedo fried. It seems like in the Disney Plus version, he doesn't necessarily sh- shoot first or last. It seems like they both shoot at the same time. Yeah, and I think, like, that's always the way I viewed it. I think it was just, like, the fact that they wanted to make it so... I don't know why they changed it. Was it because he was like, oh, Han isn't a terrible person? That's He's not just going to kill a man cold blood. 
That's basically why George Lucas changed it. So, yeah. He thought it mischaracterized Han. Yeah, like another thing in The Empire Strikes Back that we will get to. All right. Uh, Any final words on Disney Plus before we dive into this Mandalorian discussion? Uh, What a great money grab bag by Disney. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're just making, raking in the money on this one. Yeah. (laughs) So the Mandalorian is here, finally. It is. It's been a long time. Chapter one. Yeah. I thought the episodes would have titles to them. Yeah, I kind of like, like that as chapter, though. Yeah, me too. Because, like, we're going along with the episode theme of, like, the Star Wars series. Yeah. I want to put this out there first. This is a full spoiler. Like, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Sorry. Oh, but, yeah. Like, um, if think, you haven't watched it yet, what are you doing? Like, yeah, get it together. Things will be spoiled for yeah. you. Also worth mentioning, uh, this is releasing our normal time. For your episode two of Mandalorian, we're gonna try putting the ep- the Mandalorian review out on the Monday following the release. Mm-hmm. So look out for that and uh, let us know which way you prefer. Yeah. But a media impression, one word summary of your feelings on oh, this episode. Uh, one word summary on on the first episode of the Mandalorian. Um, I really am drawing a blank right here. I got one. Okay. Ten. 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 Like 10 out of 10? 10. Just 10. Yes. All right. Uh, cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Pat, do you have a word? Do you have a word, Pat? Oh, my word? I have two words. What's up? Space Cowboy. Sure, yeah. Space Cowboy. I can do that. I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, I wasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Yes, I did too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just get that out of the way. Yeah. I yeah. love that they just made a Western. Yeah, it just feel, it feels like a spaghetti western. Just. It is a even down to the music. It is a western. Mm-hmm. The OST. Shout out to Ludwig Göransson. He yeah. did Black Panther. He did. Great choice. Great music. Really adds to it. And um, I I was impressed that in this forty minute episode of a character that had a mask on the entire time of how much I could like get behind him. How expressive he was without being able to show emotion yeah it's like that darth vader stuff going yeah right there. and again just like this the overall production design um the scale of it it's movie quality it is it's straight up movie quality it, it really is like i would like that's something that i would expect to see like at a movie theater for sure uh i don't remember the budget i think it was 50 million an episode really it might be, yeah. That's ridiculous. I know. <laughs> Sheesh. So much money. But like you said, with Disney Plus, they don't have to worry about it, you know? Yeah. Like they, they can fund this. They can make Obi Wan a fifty million episode series, you know? I hope they make it even more. Yeah. Honestly. Like, let's just put all the money to Star Wars. This is one of the better looking Star Wars products I have seen visually. Yeah. I think as far as the films go, um, I guess as far as recency. In my head, Last Jedi is the prettiest looking Star Wars thing on film. Yeah. This is either second or third. It looks very nice. It does look really nice. Even the CG, I thought all the CG looked great. Nothing stuck out for me. Everything seems like there's a really heavy emphasis on just like practical effects. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that like in The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens as well, there are, mm-hmm. but like it really comes through for me on this. Yeah. And I think you mentioned this to me. They used that VR technique for shooting the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. So similar to Rogue One and Favreau had experience with this on Jungle Book and The Lion King, Mm -hmm. uh, more so on The Lion King. 
rendering your set like a video game so it's a world that exists and just have the the scene playing on loop putting a vr headset on using a tablet to act as a camera so you get that human element of shooting film in a virtual space which i just think is fascinating totally and i think it adds to it i think it does too i i you know did you think that the beginning of like the first half of this episode was like a little bit on the slower side yeah but i loved it yeah no i I don't think it's a bad thing. yeah it was slow but i i appreciate it because i think of the pace they had it being the first episode i'm glad that they relied on i guess just the world to sell itself because i think my biggest note it's a masterful example of how to set the tone i think we know exactly what kind of series we're getting now. I think that the the atmosphere of, of it all, the state of the galaxy post-Empire, it's immediately clear by the time we get the Mandalorian title card, you know? Because mm-hmm. there's that interaction in the bar with them looking at the bounty hunter, uh, the lawless nature of all that, the, that entire encounter, trying to be like, I have credits. They're worth nothing. It's kind of funny, like... When I first watched the, this this episode, I was just like, "Wow!" Like it just immediately like transports you to this universe. Mm-hmm. But I f- I find it funny that like all the Star Wars movies and it, a lot of Star Wars media kind of like tries to do that just by like a bar scene. Yeah, <laughs> which is like a good way to do it because there are a lot of like different weird yeah. aliens and stuff. But the only takeaway on life lessons I've gotten from Star Wars is uh, don't go to bars. Yeah, might get your arm cut off. Or, sh- or, or shot. shot. Yeah, yeah, or shot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what do you think of the character of the Mandalorian? Doesn't have a name yet, still. Yeah. Mando, I've seen him referred to online. I kind of like that. Me too, Mando. <laughs> yeah. Just referring to the TV show as Mando. Yeah. But, um, so, I, I'm i not, like, completely sold on him yet, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that kind of, like, pushed me a little towards, like, wow, like, like, liking his por- the the portrayal so far was that scene where he went into the Mandalorian like yeah like underground yeah. place mm-hmm. that just like that that was the point for me that I was like oh like this is not going to shy away from any like crazy lore mm-hmm. like this is going to go in like deep into people's characters especially the Mandalorian yeah and i think that is another example of kind of setting the tone and really establishing the galaxy post the fall of the empire because you see this civilization on this planet the mandalorians are like banded together there's not many of them i think you could count maybe like eight in that tunnel yes including him and the uh blacksmith yeah just seeing them like that they stick together and he's maybe like not necessarily the breadwinner but like he's supporting them through his bounty hunts Mm -hmm. i love that that adds so much to his character yeah it kind of like I want to know what happened to the Mandalorians. I'm sure we're going to get some of that. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just like, it doesn't really answer any questions for me this first episode, but it raises so many of them, and yeah. that's, that's what I like about Didn't, it. Wasn't it stated, though, in the episode that the the fall of the Mandalorians had something to do with the Empire? They said something about the Great Purge. Yeah. And it's unclear whether or not they're talking about Order 66 or like something that happened on Mandalore. I think they were kind of setting... A little bit of a tone there because remember when the the empire officer was like uh oh see i i think that that steel should be back with the people who use it the most don't mm-hmm. you yeah 
And I feel like that's a cool, like, if it is the case of the Empire killed all the Mandalorians, they're like, oh, we have all your stuff. Don't forget it. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a lot of possibilities for the way we explore the culture at that point. Um, I think we could very easily get whatever happened with the steel through that flashback yeah. sequence that I'm sure is going to get progressed further. Um, I did take that line about the purge as the Jedi temple. Yeah. But personally. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I don't yeah. We know the empire has some racism going on. They could have done another genocide of just another culture. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> so. they, they just smoked Alderaan. Yeah. Like within a half hour of the first movie. So mm -hmm. it's true. So, I, you know, the character, like the Mandalorian, makes a comment that he was like a foundling. Yeah, and and, and I don't know what that is, but it seems interesting to me. I don't know if you, like it makes me think like is he actually like a Mandalorian? That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. I'm thinking that he might not be a like pure blood Mandalorian. Do those even exist anymore? Right. Well, to my understanding, again, I haven't watched the Clone Wars, so I don't know much about the Mandalorian as a people. Is it similar to like Thor and Asgard where it's like it's not a place it's a people we welcome everybody. If it's like if you're welcomed into that group then you are a Mandalorian. Right, okay. So in the uh in the EU, mm -hmm. I did kind of a long a long look about 2 weeks ago into it. Uh Mandalorians their home world is destroyed. Mm -hmm. But like foundlings are Mandalorians that were off world when their planet was destroyed. Gotcha. So it's kind of like you know, uh, like, it's a, like a reunification call, I guess. Okay. And uh, w was, do you know if their planet was destroyed through, like, the wars that they had with each other? Or was it, like, some other entity that destroyed their home planet? Uh, I believe they were, like, a conquering nation, which eventually led to their downfall. Because they made a lot of people mad okay. by going out and fighting against them all. Well, the Mandalorians are in Rebels mm -hmm. a lot. And they go through some of that. Was there not a, the Mandalorian Wars? There was the Mandalorian yeah. Wars. Okay. That's the thing. Like, they, they were, so like the Mandalorians, I don't want to get like too into it, but like they're divided by like house and clan and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that why he needed a pauldron? Uh, I don't know. I, but, but I know that like they, they're like a war faring people, mm -hmm. like you said. Yeah. So like these, these different houses, like fought against each other and destroyed their home planet. And the Mandalorian Wars are like, it wasn't like it was a minor thing. It was like 300 years. It took place on a bunch of different planets. Okay, that's good to know. So I, I do hope we get a little bit of that, just fleshing that out a little more. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, like I mentioned, I think he's very expressive despite not showing his face. I think a lot of that comes out once he gets to whatever planet he had to go to. I don't know. Um, and he meets the, the alien guy I've spoken. Oh, yeah. I think he's like an Ugna, is he? Oh uh, yeah, okay, that makes yeah. sense. I don't know who I liked that him. Is. Yeah. yeah, I like that guy too. I have spoken. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like good. that a lot. Because <laughs> it's such a Star Wars thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, that's his thing. That's his thing. Yeah, like he... Yoda's talks all over the place. This guy, I have spoken after like every single sentence. That's his period. What's the thing that they rode? It was a Blarth or whatever. I don't know, man. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it looked stuff. like a toad. Yeah, it did look like a toad. And super uncomfortable to ride. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, in in canon, like, there are no male versions of that species because the females eat them after yeah. they mate. Yeah. Fun. So. Fun life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we think about sort of the 
establishing of the state of the underworld. Carl Weathers' character, Werner Herzog's character. Werner Herzog? I can listen to talk, like him talk yeah. all day. <laughs> I saw an interview with him from the, the premiere for The Mandalorian. Uh, he was like, I think the question was like, what was the biggest challenge getting prepared for Star Wars? And he's like, well, I haven't seen any of the films and I needed to get familiar with the universe to know the level of intellect of these characters. And that was it. And I was like, damn, okay. Yeah. He he also said in an interview that he's never, he, he was just didn't know what Jon Favreau did. Yeah. Until like, he was like, hey, want to be in my Star Wars TV show? If you haven't read an interview with him or watched one, I recommend it because they're very entertaining. They are. He plays a uh, Shrimply Pibbles. He's the last I've, I've seen him, right? In are we what? talking about Shrimply Pibbles? In Rick and Morty? Oh, I, I'm not caught up in my Rick and Morty lore. Oh, am I wrong? Am I am I not talking about the same guy? I've never watched Rick and Morty, so... Sorry, Pat. Guys. <laughs> uh, and, like, the scene with Carl Weathers, too, like, dealing with the, the exchange and, like, taking a bounty, he's like, hey, I, you can't give, I can't give all these bounties to you because the guild is doesn't work that way right yeah but there is this under the table deal yeah. like i just love how seedy it is i know yeah it's pretty cool yeah. I, I i like the mechanics too of like here's like this puck like, yeah go go find someone for me is john favreau a big hockey fan i don't know because if he is and that's how he got those in there like that's just another like star warsy thing to me like you know how like they always just kind of like take these things and like make them fantastical mm-hmm if he's a hockey fan, that's that's what I took away from that interaction. Yeah, he's like, oh, this hockey puck. Might yeah, because be I've never seen pucks used in Star Wars. It's like it's it's a hologram, right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I, I it was cool. I it worked. Yeah, I just I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, I think the additions to like the language and the way that everybody talks to each other about things in this just adds to more Star Wars, and it doesn't feel out of place. No, so I appreciate that of it. Uh, IG Eleven. Yeah, I was I was gonna say something about IG Eleven. I always wondered, like, because you see IG-11 in Empire. That's 88. I mean, yeah, IG-88. Yeah. You see an IG unit, yeah. right? And I always wondered, like, how how do they do their bounty hunting? Yeah, like, <laughs> are they good? Yeah, like, are they good? Like, I always thought that, like, in the in the lineup that they do, <laughs> of like, that. Yeah. That probably the worst bounty hunter. Ever. Yeah. But uh, IG-11, man, like. Rex shop. Yeah, he rips. Yeah. That also gave me Western vibes, like a, ma- a big shootout, like getting pinned down in a fort. Yeah, that, that gave me Red Dead vibes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Storming that base, that was cool. Yeah, I just, I, and, and I know we saw IG-11 like in the promotional stuff, but I, seeing more of that really sold me on it. Do you think he's like dead dead though? Because I think he's dead. I don't think he's dead. Shot him in the head. I mean. I know he's a robot. Druids like, can come back. R2-D2 was completely messed up after the Battle of Yavin, and they managed to fix him up. Yeah, true. Quite right. That's fair. I mean, I don't know, though. I, I think if it is just he was a one-and-done, I think that is... I like that. But, like, if they do bring him back, I'd be excited to see more of him. Yeah. Do you know who voiced him? Taika Waititi. That was Taika Waititi? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, a note about that encounter. One of my... I don't know if this was intentional or not, but this was something that stuck out to me. Can I can I butt in real quick? I don't mean to. What's up? Uh, it looks like John Favreau is a hockey fan. All right. He worked with Wayne Gretzky on Swingers. Well, would you look at that? Wow. Very insightful today. Good job. <laughs> Speaking of being insightful, I'm killing it over here <laughs> with the facts. I know. Yeah. Um, you want to talk like uncivilized weaponry? 
uh, when they use that the turret to mow down the door the way that lightsabers we've seen in the past cut yeah, through the door. That was but cool. they just use the the Gatling gun. One of the coolest sequences is right before that. Yeah. When he like he like uh grapples grapples, it, grapples yeah. it and then like shoots the guy and like hops on it. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. I love that. And I, I just liked that imagery because I'm like, we've seen that before, but never in this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we dive into what I'm assuming is the massive Star Wars spoiler yeah. of the episode, yeah. Anything? Any other things you want to touch on? Um, I mean, what did you think? Like, do you think the Werner Herzog's character is like actually like an Imperial, or or because it seemed like the the stormtroopers that were around him, like that doesn't look like that armor just didn't fit them. Yeah. My read on it in the trailer, we talked about this, was I thought they just found Stormtrooper armor. That's what I still think. Yeah, and maybe they just, like, were pro-Empire. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't get the vibe that he's necessarily Empire or the villain of the series. I don't know if he's the villain. Yeah. Um, I But, but it makes me kind of wonder because they had that, like, Imperial scientist with them. Yeah. That was definitely an Imperial scientist. Yeah, for sure. But he seemed like he was out of place mm-hmm. almost so i don't i don't really know the dynamic there. yeah a lot a lot of questions this episode brings up so i'm i'm interested to see where his character goes for sure can i add something yeah before we get into the big spoiler uh one of uh one of my favorite characters to play with in lego star wars is now dead i have 88 what are you talking using the lego star wars games this is ig11 different ig take it back <laughs> Oh, yo, what about the, uh, like, right at the beginning? You know that, that thing in, uh, that alien in A New Hope that, like, while they're, while they're in the docking bays and stuff and it has, like, the Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the guy that looks like the, the plague doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Him showing up, yo. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it, yeah, it's cool seeing things return that, like, we've never seen return to again. Yeah. Well, it's not like him, but, like, that species. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, yeah. He was a character in Lego Star Wars, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. The uh yeah I I like a lot of what this did as far as making it feel like Star Wars yeah, and I yeah. think that's a big part of it too. Yeah. Do you think it's a little too fan servicey? I don't think so because we didn't hang up on it too much. You know, Nothing, I would agree. I just they didn't really rely on that too much. Yeah. So, uh, also, the Mandalorian, as cool as he was, fell on his ass a few times. You know, like they didn't try to hide away from the fact that he wasn't an expert at everything yeah i feel like if it was just this cool guy the entire time then i would have been like okay yeah who is this boba fett essentially <laughs> so we know boba fett wasn't perfect at everything either yeah so r.i.p peace when they did say massive star wars spoiler and because this is about a mandalorian i was assuming it was going to be a boba fett thing mm-hmm. but no yoda yeah legit well not yoda well, uh, I want to have like some, some what crazy things. So at the end of the episode, they, he reaches his bounty. It's a, it's a crib. It's a cradle. And we knew beforehand, Favreau was like, it's about him taking care of a kid. And I thought it was going to be this whiny, like 10 year old kid. Wait, when did he say that? Favreau said this a while ago. Well, I missed that. That was like the pitch for the series. It was like him transporting a kid somewhere. Whoa, really? For the arc of the season. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So I kind of forgot about that until like halfway through this episode. Yeah. But cradle opens, see the ears. It is Yoda's species, a 50 year old. Still infant. Yes. Because of how they age. What do we, what are, what's our takeaway? 
Because the thing is, the way they framed it being a massive Star Wars spoiler makes me think that this is a very, like, this is a connection to Yoda. It's possible. I think they may, and I I don't know who they is, but, Mm -hmm. like, the internet, the ether, said that this was a massive Star Wars spoiler. Just because we don't know any background about, like, what species Yoda is. Right. I'm pretty sure Executive said this, though. Oh, really? Like Lucasfilm people said, episode one has a massive Star Wars spoiler. Okay. So my thought process here was that this is some weird way to introduce, again, the world between worlds into this thing. That Yoda was born in the middle of the entire saga. He has to, the Mandalorian has to transport him somewhere, get shot back in time to 900 years ago so Yoda can grow into this master and then train Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon. Could you imagine... That would be insane, man. Because if they said it's a massive, like, what else is this? Yeah, that's that's Yoda, man. Yeah, that's that's what my read on it was. That's crazy. My girlfriend was like, he pulled a baby Groot, and I thought that was funny. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, because the thing is, the reason that doesn't make sense to me is, like, if he reincarnated, did he just, like, die between now and The Last Jedi? Because he's a ghost again, then. Yeah, right. I, so what is this? I... I never, I didn't consider this whole world between worlds possibility. Yeah, I thought that it was maybe a reincarnation of some sort, but then you're right because he shows up in the, the Last, Last Jedi. Jedi and he's like 900 years old. Yeah, as a Force ghost. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what's going <laughs> on with that. But do you think I'm crazy? Like, do you think that's something they wouldn't do? No, it's definitely sounds something that they would do, especially because Dave Filoni is working on this. Right? Did he? I think he directed this episode. He did indeed. Yeah, and also. The crib was floating, mm. which makes you think. Force? Is this, is this Yoda creature force sensitive? From what I'm looking at online, Yoda's species is relatively extinct mm-hmm. because they are extremely force sensitive. Oh, so all of them are force sensitive. So there's yeah. no way that's not Yoda then, right? Unless like that's going to be a big main character in a future film or something. Uh, could guys, be anybody. Yeah, it could be Yaddle too. Yeah, yeah could be. <laughs> yeah, they had three... Three members of Yoda's race were on the Jedi Council. Three. Three. Uh, it says uh, Yoda, Yaddle, and Vandar Tokari. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, I just know Yoda and Yaddle. Yeah, he's just got concept art. He's not like... Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. But y- Yaddle was actually in Phantom Menace. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Longer hair, darker hair. Yeah. Yeah. You think they got together? had <laughs> a kid. <laughs> Yo! It's, it's 50 years old. <laughs> What's up? What's the math here? So if the Mandalorian takes place, let's say like five years after, because the Empire seems like relatively still freshly broken. I think they've said it takes place five years. Okay. Yeah. So let's say at that point, again, this is just me trying to do some weird math right now. Uh Luke Skywalker by that in Mandalorian episode one, like 30. Yeah. 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 So 50 years ago, 30, 20, 20 years before Luke was born. And that's, that's like a little bit before Phantom Menace. Yeah. Guys, I think I think we've I think we cracked the code. Yoda has a kid. Yoda has a kid. Yeah. Wow. With Yaddle. The, implica- <laughs> the implications of this are insane. Yeah, it's a massive Star Wars spoiler. This what could all mean? be crushed tomorrow. True, yeah. <laughs> like, episode two comes out the day after recording this. Yeah. But like I have no idea what else this would be if not a Yoda thing. Right? I, I, like, for some reason, I did not consider this whole world between worlds thing that you brought up. Yeah. But, like, I just, like, cannot think any other way now. 
right? Yeah, it kind of like it kind of really just makes too much sense. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I called it. Yeah, it. Christian. Yeah. You you got to get on the Lucasfilm storyboard. That, that's the dream, you know. Yeah, that's like one the dream. day. <laughs> I'll I'll make some decisions. Yeah, you could be you could be the next Dave Filoni. That would be a nice job. Yeah. Because I feel like Dave Filoni is going to end up do, going to film for Lucasfilm at some point, not just strictly television. You yeah. know, I, I would like to see that. Yeah, because I think like diversifying the director you have tied on for a Star Wars project can only make the series progress like very well. Mm-hmm. Similar to Irvin Kirshner being brought on for The Empire Strikes Back. Right. Okay. So... That was <laughs> Irv- <laughs> Irving Kirshner. This is kind of an aside, but did yeah. he also like write seven or something? No. Who's involved? Uh, Lawrence Kasdan. Oh, Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Okay. So, my bad. That was my attempt at a transition. So, if we're done talking Mandalorian, I'm done talking Mar- Mandalorian. Okay. Um, you've had better transitions. I, I'm sorry. Just... <laughs> I, know. I know. It's a night episode. Um, so, After I hours. guess, like, give it, a, give it a ranking. Give it a. Uh, Star rating out of ten. What do you think? Out of ten. Out of ten. We can do a twenty point scale. Yeah, out of thirty, I'd say. Uh, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, out of ten, like a nine point five. I'm feeling ten just because I love when space and westerns combine, like Cowboy Bebop, Firefly. Yeah, that's my jam. So big fan. What about you, Pat? I give it twenty nine thousand five hundred. Yaddle hairs out of thirty thousand yaddle hairs. Good note. Tried to give it so so you know four point nine something. Okay, out of five. Out of five. Okay. Four point nine eight. So there we go. A nine point five. A nine point five. A ten. And a four point nine eight. Four point nine eight. So, uh, look for the next episode review of Mandalorian to come out Monday once again. Uh, that'll be uploaded on the podcast feeds as well as YouTube. So we're going to take a short break, though. When we return, Empire Strikes Back. Is it really the best Star Wars movie? Find out. See you in a second. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Welcome back. We are now going to be talking Empire Strikes Back, Episode 5. Yeah. Star Wars Episode 5. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Star Wars Episode 5, I yeah. feel like it's fun. <laughs> I... Stive. I really like this movie a lot. Yeah. And I, every time I go back, I think it's better than the last time I watched it. It literally, yeah, it gets better every time you watch it, for sure. Starting off, I watched this on Disney+. Plus. I don't have a 4K TV, but looks really good. So, like, I was going to watch all of the original trilogy movies on my Despecialized edition. Then I was like, well. Yeah, because yeah, no. I, I was curious if 5 had any changes, too. None yeah. that I picked up on. Well, changes in the in the Disney Plus version? Yeah. Yeah, not that I really could tell. Yeah. So the funny thing is, though, with the despecial the, the despecialized edition, there aren't really many changes. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably just like the movie was just too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Empire Strikes Back has a history of being a lot of people's favorite film. Um, many people don't know that at first it was like berated by the public. Critics liked it, but like everyone was like, "It's too dark. What happened?" Is that true? Yeah. Like, public reception to Empire Strikes Back was not good at the time. Interesting. It took, like, 10 years for it to become the favorite. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's pretty... I feel like that happens a lot with Star Wars media, (laughs) so... (laughs) Uh, That might be in a folder at some point. Yeah. 
for a case. <laughs> Slowly building a case. So Empire Strikes, Empire Strikes Back, right? <laughs> Talk about a cold open. Yeah. What are you saying? Oh. <laughs> oh, you. I wrote this and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well done, Christian. Thank you. We spent 40 minutes on Hoth. Yeah, we did. We did. We I did. forgot that, but it, it doesn't like feel like that at all. No, it doesn't. It, it flies the be- by. The very beginning of this movie is a little slow, I have to say. Oh, like when Luke gets lost? Yeah. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, it sets it up. Man. Yeah. I think that's of the time, too, because, you know, like, I think this movie, compared to A New Hope, we're breakneck in the first 20 minutes of this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, Visually, again, just looks stunning. Like, it's so crisp. Like, again, the Disney transfer, sure, but, like, just at its core, this movie, from a cinematography standpoint... Thank God they got another director because mm-hmm. George Lucas, again, New Hope's great. But even with the prequels, like so much of the camera work is very static and like two dimensional and it's not interesting to look at. There's some dynamic camera movements in this thing and you can tell yeah. it's a big step up from a New Hope in like every sense of the production for me. There are a lot of like and not just because of the budget. Right. So. There, there. I feel like this movie more than any of the other ones like has like a very like distinct color palette. Yeah. Like, Hoth is, like, all those, like, blues and, like, grays. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Bespin is, like, orangey and, like, I don't know. I, that just, like, popped out to me. It's one of the more visually interesting as far as, like you said, colors and uh, diversity of the environments. Yeah. Because, like you said, Hoth, Dagobah. Oh, Dagobah. Like lots green, of greens and browns. Green, yeah. um, Bespin, oranges, blues, whites. And a lot of space travel and the empire. So lots of like jet blacks, um, stark whites. Yeah. Those, those scenes like just feel really cold. Like whenever they're on like a star destroyer, or, like mm-hmm. something like that. Who do you think does cold scenes better? Star Wars as a franchise or game of Thrones as a franchise? Star Wars. Star Wars. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, urban Kirshner was brought on to direct this film. Uh, George Lucas, I read a few interviews last night because I wanted to, like, have something to say about this movie outside of, hey, I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, It was interesting because Lucas was, like, I was so intimidated that I just kind of wanted to sell it to Fox and just never think about it again. But, it like, it hooked him, and it just the, the possibilities of everything just went off. So he actually disagreed with Kirshner on a lot of decisions he made. Specifically, the one I alluded to earlier in the episode was um, I Love You, I Know. Because he's like, oh, that's not a Han Solo thing. Han Solo wouldn't do that. That's not his character. Isn't there a bunch of debate about that, though? Well, like, that's that was Lucas's perspective. Oh, okay. Right. The story behind it is that they were doing that shoot a million times, and Kirshner was like, I don't like how it sounds. It t- sounds too phoned in. And they were going to break for lunch, and Ford was like, let's do one more. And that was the one, and they were like, okay, we'll keep that. Yeah. So, I, I love that scene. There's a lot of really cool stories that I've retained over the years about the production of this film. Mm-hmm. One I talked about earlier with you is the Dagobah scene. Yeah, so you said something about the set was destroyed. Yeah. So there's two things. One thing I learned last night, but the one I learned from, I believe, a documentary I watched on Empire was they were doing that shoot on the Dagobah set, which they just built in a soundstage, filled it with water, um, and submerged that X-Wing that was made of just, like, plywood and, like, home depot stuff yeah so because it was underwater it like filled up and the wood retained so much of the water that 
the mechanic they had to pull it out of the water for when the force scene happens was not strong enough to lift it because of the water pressure. Oh, interesting. So they had like, I think like a 12 hour day or something. Like the wood was too heavy. Yeah. So like they just could not get it to work. And whoever was being interviewed, I think Kirshner was talking about it when the, uh, the film was, this documentary was produced. He was like, yeah, it was, I guess it was a work of the force because we finally got it to work after so many hours. And that's the only scene. That's the one we kept. That's crazy. Yeah. So just like movie production's hard. Yeah. Especially <laughs> in 1970. Yeah. Because that's a big thing. The X-Wing that they built for these movies, they're big. Yeah. I mean, that's all practical too. Yeah. So uh, another tidbit I learned about Dagobah was Mark Hamill was very agitated because they basically made a swamp and he th- thought it was hard because Kirshner was like underground with uh, the people working on Yoda to really nail that. So Mark Hamill was like, I don't have a director helping me. So I just got to like deal with this puppet and I don't know what to, what it's giving me, what to give it. Uh, I think it, it was like a long day. He was really tired. And then Yoda was saying something to him and all of a sudden you just hear Miss Piggy and she just runs up on set. Cause they like Frank Oz was yeah. like, works with the Muppets and Henson and Mark Hamill just like became hysterical and that cheered him up. That's cool. Do you ever see that, that, deleted scene from the last jedi no and it's not a deleted scene it's kind of like an outtake what's up uh it's kind of kind of off topic but not really mm-hmm. so they had frank oz come back and do yoda for that right there's a there's like this video of like mark hamill taking a break s- like sitting by uh a sound st- on the sound stage mm-hmm. like near some like octo whatever and yoda puppeteered by Frank Oz like comes up behind him and mm-hmm. they like filmed it and Mark Hamill had no idea and it was the first time that he saw Yoda oh, and like wow. he started to like cry and, oh like, that's amazing yeah I have to watch that it's pretty cool that sounds awesome uh speaking of Yoda though like every time I look at Yoda in this movie not once in my head am I like oh that's a puppet no the work they did to make Yoda a character still blows me away mm-hmm like the intricacies of his expressions on his face, that's like masterclass puppeteering. <laughs> that's so good. I mean, it is Frank Oz. Yeah. Right? So best the biz. Yeah, best in the biz. Yoda's just a Muppet, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. The Jim Henson Company like worked on this movie, did they not? Yeah, I think they did. I, I want to see Yoda in Sesame Street. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I think Mark Hamill appeared on the Muppets Show once in character. I think that's a thing you can watch on YouTube. I think he also showed up on Sesame Street in character. <laughs> that's that's cool. <laughs> so yeah. What out of the two main storylines in this movie? You have the Han and Leia and crew, and then you have Luke and Yoda. Yeah. Do you have a preference for either one of those? Like, do you think they both work well? Do you think one is more entertaining than the other? Personally, yeah. I think both of them work well. Although, like, I have a preference towards the Bespin arc. And like of like Han and Leia. Han and Leia, yeah. Yeah, I think they were really the storyline I found myself the most invested in in this watch through. And I, I just feel like that's an interesting thing because like if I can, I think it might also paint a picture of like what you look for in Star Wars because both of us we like the seedy stuff, right? We like the underworld kind yeah, of thing. Oh yeah. Jedi's are cool. Don't get me wrong with that, but like. Seeing that stuff explores, seeing the relationship between these two, at the time, I guess, non-force-sensitive people that are just 
falling in love yeah with a robot and a wookie they're kind of just having like regular people adventures and problems in the star wars universe pretty regular conversation too especially compared to everything else we've watched so far Mm -hmm. i think this is the most realistic dialogue yeah you gotta think they're probably on the millennium falcon for a really long time oh yeah that was like road trip level. Yeah, well, I mean, like their their hyperdrive was broken, right? So they had to travel sublight speed from Hoth to Bespin. Which... I love the continual bit of the Falcon being a piece of junk. Oh, that just I know. does not work. I love that. Watch this. Yeah, it's so <laughs> funny. Watch what? It ha- like, there's always the rule of three in comedy, right? They do it four times, and it's still funny the fourth time. Yeah, I mean, they keep doing it. Yeah, it's so good. Even when Lando gets in, he's like, we got this. Nope. Yeah. Takes a second. But, uh, yeah, I really like the the entire Han and Leia arc. I think that's a big standout in this movie for me. What's your, like, favorite set piece from this this movie? I, I think, well, I mean, like, I really love the visual look of Dagobah. Obviously, Hoth is iconic, but... I really think it's Bespin yeah. once Luke gets there. Like oh, like yeah. when Han's being escorted out, everything with uh, Leia and Lando, and then Luke getting there. It's like sunset kind yeah. of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's my favorite. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, Hoth is cool, but, like, it's not my favorite thing. Yeah. It's not even, like, top five for me in Star Wars moments. Uh, Like the whole battle of Hoth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's cool. It uh, is cool. I don't, I don't know if it's top five for me either, but. I would put Scarif above... Hoth. Scarif, I think, is is one of the best battles, like both aerial and land mm-hmm. in all of Star Wars. I might even, p- we're not there yet, but I might even put um, Crate above Hoth. Really? Yeah. I'd put Hoth above, above Crate. Yeah, sure. I, I get it. I just, I, I think like Crate's cool. Yeah. I like the color, the stark difference there. Yeah. And the story moments, obviously. But another thing I, I noted, because I, I think I was talking to Pat about this at work a couple days ago. There's some, like, a really weird crossover with, like, normal language and terms in Star Wars that I always forget about. Like what? The standout that I wrote down is when Han hops on the Tauntaun and he rides out and he's like, then I'll see you in hell. Yeah. So hell's in Star Wars. I know. Yeah, that's true. I always, like... I loved it, though. That's yeah. great. That that scene rules. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Uh, what about like you with this movie? I know you said Han and Leia is the more the one you prefer kind of out of this the story. What about Luke? How do you feel about Luke? Um, I honestly was never like super. I was never like a huge fan of his arc in this movie. Mm-hmm. From a from ever since I was a little kid, I always thought it was kind of boring to be honest with you. Okay, because he kind of just like walks is, around with Yoda on his back the entire time. Is it fair to say that like? Nothing really happens with his arc in this movie. Nothing really happens with Luke's arc in this movie. I'm well, like in terms of this, the trilogy. Yes, like the, this is vital for his character. Oh, I'd hard disagree. No, this was something I thought last night. Okay. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it, but like stepping back at it all, from when he arrives on Dagobah to when he fights Vader, I don't think he's had much growth. Because I have a couple things that I wrote down specifically that, like, obviously Yoda's giving him his wise advice. And he says, like, fear, anger, hate, all that stuff. It's easier. It's more seductive. Never for attack, only for defense. In the cave and when he meets Vader, Luke initiates the fight both times. Yeah, because he's playing around with the dark side, man. Yeah. I, I think this movie, 
does the most to Luke's character. Yeah, this is that's where I am right now. I yeah. that thought occurred to me while yeah. I was watching it because I was like, realistically, how far do we progress Luke becoming this holy knight? Right. And I never really like I I feel like a lot of people think that of him, but especially now and seeing this again, like I said earlier, I I don't think that's an accurate way to look at Luke. I mean, you got to think about it, right? Like the first, like A New Hope, the original Star Wars movie, like Luke gets just like strokes of luck basically and just like does everything right like he blows up the death star like yeah like let's let's not undersell how like wild it was that that worked right exactly like he he's like a i don't want to say like a mary sue because he's one he's a male character but also just like that 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 i yeah i don't necessarily like the term but i do think that if people want to say that ray is one of those i think you can easily say that in the first two films or maybe like the first film and a half so is Luke. Well, yeah, I think I think in at least in the first f- movie and a half. I, in the first movie, I think it's okay that he's good at all these things mm-hmm. because in Empire Strikes Back, you can tell from the get-go that he's like like his hubris is like off the off the chain. I saw a lot of hating Christians and Anakin in, in Luke this time. Well, like, yeah, I, Luke Luke from the beginning of Empire in my opinion just like he he thinks that he's hot stuff essentially. Yeah. And he goes to Dagobah, and he's like... You want the impossible. Yeah, like, he's just whiny, like he yeah. always is. Uh, and then, you know, he, he goes against what Yoda and Obi-Wan are saying. Yeah. Don't go fight Vader, because you're going to lose, and your friends are going to die. Mm-hmm. And he does it anyways. And I think that, that that is, like, the most... That's, like, a pivotal moment in his character. Yeah, I... This was, like, a big thing that I was thinking about as a my takeaway for the movie, as far as, like how I think of Luke Skywalker now because I do think with The Last Jedi seeing Luke that way going back to see him in this I think that there are like signs in this movie signs about signs for what though like it's just like the the way that his character progresses to the point that we see him in Last Jedi oh, okay because he's dipped his toe in the dark side mm-hmm. several times in this movie mm-hmm more times we will see in the future. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he also, in the next movie too, he does. But. That, yeah, that's what I was just talking about. Yeah. And he's proven that, like, there's nothing really wrong with that. And I think Luke as a hero is interesting. Luke as a character is interesting because he proves that the Jedi are wrong. And, like, Yoda's entire speech, Obi-Wan's entire speech, everything they try to impress on Luke is the old Jedi, what you were talking about with the new Jedi Order being very different than the old Jedi Order. And just sort of what we see of him in the next movie, he kind of like rejects a lot of Jedi tradition and he does his own thing. And it is a balance of Jedi and like dealing with your emotion and confronting it like Anakin. I see a lot of Anakin and Luke in this movie. Yeah, I think, and obviously I think that's intentional. Right, but but it never stood out to me this much. Right, yeah. Yeah. I think that's also, it has to be said with... the way that we're watching these movies mm-hmm. only lends itself for us to be oh, making yeah. those parallels even more. For sure. Um, you know, I, I think, I think Luke d- wanted to be like contrarian, I guess, to, to Yoda and Obi-Wan mm-hmm. on Dagobah only to realize that they were probably right in the end. Yeah. I, in a, in a way I see where you're coming from, but I also think that he, he learns a valuable lesson from that. I'm interested to watch return again yeah. next week because I think the like the way I look at Luke at that movie, I think is gonna be make or break on his character arc leading into the sequels. Mm-hmm. 
because if I see more of him the way I saw him in this movie, then I think that a lot more people should watch him in this order like we're doing right now. Yeah. Because there's, there's a clear arc I'm sensing now with hindsight. I so. I personally, like, I know we're not talking about this movie, but I never had a problem with the way Luke was portrayed. Yeah, I just appreciate it way more now. Yeah, it just, I think it always made sense. Yeah, but, me too. I, I thought that, but I'm just saying now that I, I yeah. really see it. Yeah. Uh, what about Vader? Vader really gets a chance to step up in this movie as an antagonist, as a cinema fi- villain. Yeah, you know? I mean, what do you think? He's kind. He's kind of still like a little bit one dimensional, in my opinion. Up Can until like the very end. Divulge on that a little bit, like because when we do see him, a lot of the time it's just him talking to his underlings, being like, "Do this, do that, help me. Yeah, do this for me." Like, where? What do you? take away from all that so like what the way that we've watched it we've seen anakin skywalker progress into darth vader Mm -hmm. and i feel like once he becomes darth vader and like episode four and five he's kind of just like a completely different person and maybe that's just because that's what he is now right but i i don't know like the only the only time that i actually like saw something coming from vader in this movie other than like the very end was when he like first had his little commune with the emperor. Sure, okay. and the emperor was like the son of Anakin Skywalker and stuff like that. I think that I mentioned this last week that I had a big disconnect between Episode Three Darth Vader, Episode Four Darth Vader. I couldn't see Anakin in that Vader in four. This was the first time I have looked at Vader and I see like, oh, Anakin is in there. You know, yeah. I don't know if that's because of the scene with the emperor, like just seeing him kneel to him again. I'm I think like, it has a lot to do with it. It might, yeah. Especially since the name Anakin Skywalker is mentioned. Honestly, I, I well, sure, but like that's <laughs> not like where I'm really coming from with it. I mean, like as far as making it s- make sense that this is a character that I saw as a child and now is this character. Yeah, it like clicked for me. Yeah, because in Ford did not. Well, I mean, I, I would say, I would say that like he he definitely gets a little bit more of depth in this movie, but I still like, wasn't super convinced. It's definitely subtle. Yeah. Did you ever see that comic strip they added to the like graphic novel version of this movie? It was a, it was a moment that Anakin had with the dismembered three PO where he recognized it. Oh really? Yeah. And he was like looking at it and then he got interrupted by a stormtrooper before it like clicked in his brain. But I just thought that was a really cool thing. And I think that adds to your case, too, of, like, there's a lot more connection between this Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker than there was in uh, A New Hope. Yeah, if we want to bring comics in, too, um, in The Crawl, we didn't mention The Crawl this episode, but uh, I don't think we needed to. Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember what it is, to be honest. But the line of, like, Vader's hunting down Luke Skywalker, the leader of this group of rebels. Mm-hmm. They're the freedom, canon answer. Freedom fighters. Freedom fighters, thank you. <laughs> um there are there's a comic that we've talked about on the show before. Boba Fett finds out Luke Skywalker's name after the, he blows up the Death Star, mm-hmm. tells Vader about it. That happens between four and five. So beginning of five, Vader knows Luke is his son. He like he knows that there's someone using the name Skywalker. Yeah, he's not sure exactly what's going on until he has that thing with the emperor. the emperor, and he's like, "Search your feelings," you know. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I guess like the kneeling to the emperor, I think, might be part of it too, because I, I I do think you have a point there. 
Uh, and it was cool seeing the Emperor in this, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, he was very briefly in it. Yeah. It's like, like Snoke and Force Awakens. Yeah, like. I mean, like, the Emperor was nothing until 6. Yeah. As far as, like, release order, right. you know? Emperor not even mentioned in A New Hope. I don't think so. Actually, yes. No, the, the, he is. Like, he the is Emperor mentioned. once is based on something like that. Yeah, he said he also dissolves the Senate, too. True, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about, yeah, so Vader... Obviously, we have the climactic finale between the two of them. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite lightsaber fights in all of Star Wars. I agree. Yeah. yeah, It's an awesome fight. So much emotion there. And it's cool because, like, Vader's absolutely toying with Luke the entire time. I I like that there's a moment where you can tell that he's, like, struggling. Who, Vader? Yeah. There's a moment. Because there's... At the beginning, he's using the one-handed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's He's just, like, blocking everything. He's like this kid. Yeah. Um, then he evades the, the cryo freeze and he's like, all right, there's oh, something here. Too easy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think it's once he falls down into that secondary stage of the fight, he starts doing two handed way heavier strikes. Uh, and like Luke is able to dodge them, you know, like there's that thing where he just like goes real hard. He misses Luke and he cuts down that pillar next to him. Mm-hmm. I think you can see like Anakin becoming tested there. Yeah. And I, I like that because I do think, yeah, Vader's a superimposing character. Luke severely underprepared for this fight, but he's still got like some fight in him. Cause Vader, like, I think he's breathing heavier too. Like there's a moment that he realizes like, Oh, this kid has something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Luke, Luke does get a nice pot shot in on Vader too at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. Do you guys ever see that meme that's like when you're playing with your little cousin and you know you went a little too hard and it's like this exact like a screen grab of Vader cutting off Luke's hand? <laughs> that's funny. Um, any like, yeah, I think that might be my favorite lightsaber fight. I think it's it's up there for me. I don't know if necessarily it's my favorite favorite. but So far, I think it's my favorite out of the hour viewings. I think, yeah, it's up there right next to... And Obi Wan is your favorite, right? Yeah, yeah. But this might be number one. Yeah, because we talked about it last week too. I really like the Shakespearean kind of lightsaber fights. I appreciate them. Yeah. And this is it, like done perfectly. Yeah. There's a lot of dialogue. Yeah, I yeah. love it. <laughs> you think you think Jedi would be fight would be talking to each other that much, ser- like for real, if they're actually fighting? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be that'd be cool to do. You know, they're, they're all like Shakespearean scholars. Yeah. <laughs> How was uh, your Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess like language too, and again tying it to Rogue One with the "Don't choke on your aspirations" mm-hmm. when he chokes out uh, Nita, and he's like, "Apology accepted, Captain Nita." Yeah, I was like, "Ah, he's see, still cocky, he's still Anakin." Yeah, he's got some good one-liners. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of one-liners, Han is the king of one-liners in this movie. Yeah, he's got a lot of good ones. This is one of the quote most quotable Star Wars movies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. It's well, Yoda's in here, first off, so yeah. Yeah. I love you, I know is quoted all the time. That one, yeah. I like I one of my favorite things about this movie is that is all the scenes of Yoda or that there's this one scene about Yoda like just like describing the force to Luke and it's like five minutes of them just like sitting like in Dagobah. Yeah. And the music, man, and like all that stuff. It's just like prime Star Wars for me. Fun fact, John Williams. Well, I guess now his second favorite piece that he's done for Star Wars is Yoda's theme. 
because I saw the like Boston Pops did like a tribute night to John Williams once, and they had like interviews with him playing between sets. And before they did the, uh, some of the Star Wars ones, he was like, "Oh, at the time, the Yoda theme was my favorite one because it was just like childlike, full of wonder." His current favorite, race theme. Race theme's awesome. It's great. Yeah. So we're we're close. Yeah, we're close. Would you guys think about Yoda as a character? Sorry to diverge. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to bring up. Yeah, yeah he was kind of like Cookie. goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I like that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he starts hitting R two D two like with the flashlight, right? Yeah. I I think it's charming, you know, like cuz I think it's obviously intentional. It's Yoda testing him. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe not fully by his own volition cuz how long has he been on that planet by himself? I think Yoda like like low key lost his mind, but yeah. Guess that happens when you go into isolation. Uh You brought up isolation like a few Yoda's isolation. Yeah, going into the exile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> Stop it's it. A, it's a Jedi right thing now. to do. <laughs> it is a Jedi thing to do. Uh, favorite moment. Is it a lightsaber fight for you? Favorite moment of this movie? Yeah, because we said set piece earlier, but do you have a favorite like moment or like a character interaction or something? Yeah, it's actually really specific. Okay. It's uh, when Lando, Chewbacca, and uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO are trying to escape Bespin, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get the door open. And they can't get the door open, and they're getting chased by all the stormtroopers. Yeah. But R two D two like opens the door, and like the music like swells at that yeah. like exact yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. It's just like absolutely perfect. Yeah. That's like my f- one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars. Period. It's like very specific, but yeah, I get what you mean. Because like in my head, one of my favorite things to picture, um, when like if I'm like listening to Star Wars music or something, I don't think this has ever been a scene that's been done, but that scene has vibes of it is, like, making a quick escape onto a ship. There's rain, obviously, because I love rain in Star Wars, yeah. and then just, like, like looking out back at the enemy or something. Like, that is, like, quintessential Star Wars for me. Yeah, I mean, like, it kind of gives you that vibe. Like, I've seen it so many times, but, yeah. like, you're kind of like, are they going to make it? Like, yeah. are they going to die here? That happens a couple times in this movie. Yeah. And they do it really well. Yeah. Like, 3PO running through Hoth to get on the Falcon before they take off. The suspense is real in this movie. It is. Uh, Pat, what about you? Do you have like a favorite standout moment? Uh, yeah, it was when Han was describing how they were gonna escape the Imperial uh, cruisers, yeah, battleships, and then Leia was just like, "What? So we're just gonna float away like the rest of the garbage, or we're gonna float away like the rest of the garbage?" And I was like, "I relate, sister." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. I love how there's like moments like that, like because that moment stuck out to me too, because like it just shows how clever Han is. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he has a history with the Empire, and he knows the protocol. Yeah. What do you think about, like, the dynamic between Han Solo and, and Leia? Like And Leia? Yeah, like, they, they really, like, start to hit it off in this movie. Yeah, I like it. Han is very, like, forward, you know? Yeah, maybe Almost a little abrasively so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, And I, like, hindsight, yeah, like, Leia has feelings for him, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, he was a little pushy. Yeah. <laughs> um, my hands are dirty, too. I like that scene. I like that moment. It made me a little uncomfortable. Sure. like Because she's but clearly yeah. hesitating there. But, like, yeah. I like the like the arc of their relationship. And that's, like, a good middle marker for it. The banter yeah. that they have in this movie is great. It's so good. I love their back and forth so much. Their scre- the, this, the chemistry they have on screen. And I, I think that's wild. a lot of why it's my favorite yeah. storyline f- compared to the, the two. Yeah. 
Do you guys want to talk about how Han Solo can never just get a second to kiss someone? Like in Solo, he got pulled away too. Yeah. And then in Empire, he got pulled away by Tripio. Yeah. Getting blocked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Leia too. Leia is a standout for me in this movie. I have a lot of standouts, but yeah, they're all standouts. Yeah. (laughs) Leia again, I guess, laying the foundation for where we go with her. Like seeing her really lead the army, Mm -hmm. plants the seeds. You know, and it's cool to see where she came. How she began. From those like very first scenes on Hoth too. Yeah. She was gonna stay behind, man. Yeah. She's gonna die there. General Leia. Yeah. I like her a lot in this movie. Uh biggest thing about this movie, I just like how it how dark it is and how the Empire uh the Empire wins. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking about this. Are you in, like one of those Empire guys or are you like good guys for the win? Oh no, I on my car I have a Rebel Alliance sticker. Okay. But I do like I do like movies where like bad guys win. Yeah. Me too. And this is like the epitome of like, oh, yeah. good guys are screwed. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like when a director is bold enough to make that decision. Yeah. I appreciate it a lot. The Empire certainly did strike back. They did. <laughs> I think I said this before on the podcast, but like, can you imagine living in the 70s? And having to wait three years. Having yeah. to wait three years. Oh, man. Well, technically 80s now. 80s, yeah. 1980 was Empire. Well, still. Yeah. Three that years. Drive me nuts. Yeah. What about you? Are you a like Empire guy or Rebellion? I don't know. I think I'm a little bit of both, if I'm being real. Balance. It's all about balance. Because I loved uh the story mode in Battlefront two. Sure. And yeah. I l- specifically my favorite part was playing as Inferno Squad for the uh for the Imperial Army. So not sure, man. Yeah. Felt good shooting those rebels though. <laughs> I'm gonna clip that out. <laughs> um yeah, like I kinda fall on the middle too. I lean more rebellion because like yeah, but like I really love Empire because the Empire won. Yeah. And obviously Vader's cool, love Kylo Ren, but like the bad guys in Star Wars are cool, but they're not like my favorite, you know? Yeah, I mean I have to say like that doesn't mean that I don't like the empire yeah like i really 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 like the empire yeah well yeah well like as <laughs> as like a viewing experience right you know? yeah yeah for as sure. far as like it's it's just like as far as their mass atrocities <laughs> uh i can condemn that yeah no, i'm just kidding because <laughs> like i like vader's iconic you know the empire is iconic the theme imperial march 10 yeah. out of 10 oh yeah was this the first yeah, so this wasn't that was first instance of it because we talked about the score for New Hope also. Mm-hmm. Uh, Han and Leia's theme was also in this. Release. Han Solo and the Princess. That's another one. I saw John Williams play that live. Oh really? That's yeah. Cool. Did you go to Tanglewood? I did. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that was a good time. There's some some Massachusetts talk here. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was pouring the that, entire time. That sucks. I know somebody opened for him and it was like okay, it was overcast and I was on lawn, but. When he came out, it was like already twenty minutes into pouring, and Star Wars was the last thing he did. Was it this year? Uh, not this past summer, the summer before. I know he did. He does one every year. Yeah, I want to go again. Like, if you haven't seen John Williams, I recommend going because that was an experience. Did I you feel seen. like you were in a Star Wars movie with the rain coming down? You're like, oh, my favorite <laughs> scenes, <laughs> Camino. <laughs> <laughs> if you played any of that music, yeah, I would. But uh, it's just, it's just cool hearing him and like his uh, stance on everything because he had so many talks with George about this world and getting the music to be another character for it all i like how he's he's rounding out all nine movies me too it's all it feels him. good it's all him baby 
Nine is going to have, I believe, every main Star Wars theme. That was a quote I heard once. I'm sure. Like, Duel the Fates again? I hope so. Johnny Dubs has his work cut out for him, huh? Yeah. He's got it. He's I, got it on lock. What I are you hope, talking about? Yeah, it's true. I hope episode... <laughs> I know we're going on tangents at this point, but yeah, like, whatever. the movie's good, okay? Yeah, the movie's yeah. good. You like it, we like it. Let us talk for about 10 minutes. We all like it. I hope like nine is John Williams' like magnum opus. I hope it's the best piece of work he's ever done as far as the score goes. Mm. I know it could just be greatest hits, but I just hope it really delivers. I have a, I have a feeling it's probably just going to be greatest hits. But anything he does... Rules. But like, if you take a step back and look at those greatest hits and make them work together, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, but I didn't even know that he said that all the themes are going to come back. So I do want to hear Duel of the Fates. I, I read that like a year ago, I think. So I don't know if things have changed. I at mean, this I, point. I would, I would say it's probably true. Yeah, Nine's going to have a lot of fan service. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> do you have any final things about Empire? Before we like get into ranking territory, other than it rules, yeah, uh, no, (laughs) yeah, same. Fun fact that I wish I mentioned last episode, but I didn't get the chance to. Uh, My high school graduation, instead of pomp and circumstance, we walked to the uh, to the song at the end of A New Hope when they're getting a medal. Oh, I would have been weeping. I never realized that, and I I, like remember that. I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I should have mentioned that. That's cool. You go to Star Wars High. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I went there. My oh, dad and I have like prep. a strand relationship because of it, because like you know he's not. I tried to make a new whole. Or never mind. I tried <laughs> to make a joke about my dad being Darth Vader. He's not. He's a nice guy. Okay. All right. Yeah. This just like, I think this is clearly it's the movie that elevated Star Wars to be a cinematic thing, not just like a fandom thing. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think just it's just like a well-made film. I yeah, I know like, I touched on it at the beginning. Like, I am blown away by how well this movie is made. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's beautiful. Compared to everything we've watched so far, (laughs) this movie is made incredibly. Yeah, I would say Rogue One's also incredible. Sure, like, there's some very, like, visually appealing stuff in Rogue One, but, like... So far. Yeah. Just, again, like, Irwin Kirshner was a blessing for this movie. I think it was a blessing for just for the franchise. Yeah. Without his direction. Then. I'm, I'm glad Lucas decided to take a step back. Yeah, which is kind of silly because like, I don't I don't know how he thought directing all three prequels was okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Remember that thing that really worked? Let's not do it this time. <laughs> uh, you want to rank this thing? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's okay. let's go for it. Uh, <clears throat> I have my ranking right here. All right. Pat, do you want to go first? Yeah, my list has shifted, okay. I believe. Uh, so, you know, same, starting from the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's one and two, obviously. And then third from the bottom, I have Rogue One. Uh, number three on my list is <laughs> Caught in the Map. Pat, can you just go? Yeah, okay. <laughs> number okay, six yeah. is this. Uh, oh, God, I'm lost in the numbers now. You said my third favorite movie is Revenge of the Sith. My second favorite movie okay. is Solo. And my first favorite movie is Empire Strikes Back. Where's Where's A New Hope? Is that four? Yeah, no. I messed it up. <laughs> oh <laughs> you guys God. go. You guys go. I'll go last. <laughs> At least write them down. I know. I have to start doing that. Mike, go ahead. Okay. So starting from my least favorite to my most favorite, 
uh, Attack the Clones, Solo, Phantom Menace, Rogue One, A New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back. Nice. So Empire's my number one. Cool. So number seven for me is Phantom Menace. Number six is Attack of the Clones. Five is Rogue One. Four is Solo. I did do the switch I was talking about last week. Uh, three is A New Hope. Two is Revenge of the Sith. And number one is Empire Strikes Back. Nice. We have the same top three. Nice, yeah. Uh, we have good taste. <laughs> nice. Uh, Pat, you're pretty similar, too, for the top three, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, no. What's your top three? Uh, I cannot read my list again. I want sure, redemption. Uh, seven, Phantom Menace. Six, Attack of the Clones. Five, Rogue One. Four, Revenge of the Sith. Three, A New Hope. Two, Solo. One, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Yeah. You think Solo is better than A New Hope? I liked it, man. Get All off right. my back. Hey, <laughs> right. I I can like level with him there. I think Solo is very very fun. That's and yeah. if, if I had to choose right now, if I ever wanted to watch A New Hope or Solo, I'd probably watch Solo. Fair enough. And. I remember for our last podcast that we did, I had Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy up so high on that list. Yeah. Based on just like I really enjoyed watching it. I'm a I'm a dumb guy. So like <laughs> something that's like fun, I'll be like, eh. Hey, I mean like if you like it then that's Yeah, because I mean like I don't think the entire purpose of our rankings and the reason we have indiv- individual rankings is because I don't want to level with you guys on these opinions. <laughs> no, no, no. I just <laughs> you know I don't know. It's just that not trying to not trying to lambast your opinion here, Pat. Oh, feel free to. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, honestly, and I was kind of joking. Yeah, I think for all intents and purposes with the show, people for advice should stick to you guys <laughs> as opposed to what I'm saying. No, well, I like hearing your rank because the thing is, we have a very similar bottom rank. Yeah. So like seven six five is the same. Um, I've definitely ranked Phantom Menace higher than all. Yeah, YouTube. that's true. Like, I feel bad that Solo is going to get bumped out of the top five because I really like that movie. So I might finagle that mm-hmm. as we go on. But uh, I'm just thinking about, like, ahead. This is going to get a little difficult. Yeah, sure. Finding places for the rest of I think I think so, there. yeah. Question for you now, for both of you. Do you think your number one's going to change based on your uh, history with the series? Like, my gut reaction is no. Okay, Pat? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh... I think it might. If mine changes, if my number one changes, I will eat a hat. <laughs> You'll eat a hat? Eat that hat. On camera? Yeah. Oh, my God. God. I hope The Rise of Skywalker is, like, the best movie ever Damn now. it, I forgot about <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. I will have barbecue sauce for you on that table to wolf down that hat. Because, like, the e- this is what happens when you record This is a Patreon exclu- exclusive, right? <laughs> this there. is what happens when you record at night. But, I mean, I could easily just lie. I wouldn't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> um, this, but is, like, this is the table no, of truth. Okay. Right. But no, but I, I, I'm just like, I really think Empire is probably the best Star Wars movie. I, I'm not just saying it because that's the popular <laughs> thing to say. I really think it is the best. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it is the most popular. It, it is one of the more popular Star Wars movies for a reason. Yeah. Like, it's not an interesting pick, but. Mm, no, but I mean, like. <laughs> like, have you seen the movie? <laughs> but it's Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was an episode. Next week is a slightly different week. We're taking a break from reviewing the saga next week. Oh, true chains. Next week, next episode, episode eight of Jedi Knights, we will be discussing probably a couple stories that happen between now and Monday when we record. But it's a short week for news though as well. Yeah, true. Because we're recording it on a Thursday today. Because later tonight, Jedi Fallen Order comes out. 
the first third-person action narrative Star Wars game we've gotten in over a decade. Yeah. So I'm really excited for it. I know you're real excited for it. Yeah, did you pre-order it? I'm doing it when I get home. And, nice. I'll and I'm going to install it so that way at midnight I can just hop right in. I did that as well. Can I ask you a continuity question? Is this game going to be on our rating scale? No. No. Because okay. we're not ranking Mandalorian either. But like, we're giving it a re- yeah. like a review. And, like, basically the next episode of Jedi Knights is going to be us giving impressions of what we think of, however far we get. We'll find a common ground of, like, where to cut it off. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure between you, me, if Pat's getting it, and Jack Martin. Is he, is Jack Martin, uh, Jack Martin going to be on the next app? As of Thursday, one, he's still alive, and two, Jack yeah. is still alive. Jesus, man. <laughs> <laughs> the first episode, we made it sound like Jack he died. actually died. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Jack is coming up. He's going to be on a couple episodes in the near future because we're stacking him up on Monday because of the holiday. So, uh, he's going to be joining us to talk about J- uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Nice. So, look for that next episode. And then we will return the week of Thanksgiving to bring you uh, Return of the Jedi, reviewed and ranked in the Skywalker saga. And after that, we only have two more left, huh? No, oh, don't say that, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, <laughs> we're like already more than halfway done with this show. That's crazy, right? Oh, yeah. 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 That, dude, time's flying, man. So It's been a blast. It has yeah. been. It's going to continue being a blast. We're like, it will be. We're like, what, five weeks out from the Rise of Skywalker at this point? Yeah. yeah. December about, 20th? Yeah. Eh, a little longer, but still. Yeah. So... Uh, that was an episode. <laughs> that was an episode. <laughs> yeah. This is what you get when we record at night. <laughs> uh, Mike, if I feel like we record at night a lot. But this is like night This night, is night you know? night. Daylight yeah. savings. And yeah, I yeah. It is 6.30 right now. I wish we shut like the, the house lights off and just ran off our maybe, staging. Maybe on Monday. I'm, I might be a fan of that idea. <laughs> Mike, if the people want to find you online, where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Mike P. Connors. Fantastic. Anything you want to shout out? Any work you're doing? Uh, Well, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing of note. Nothing of note. Uh, Pat, what about you? Uh, Twitter at the P. Moron. Very nice. And I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, where can the people find you, Christian? Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris N. Buckley. Uh, you got anything to uh, plug? I do. <laughs> okay. I'm just being considerate to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, YouTube.com, if you're watching us lose our minds, <laughs> you're on YouTube.com slash uh, JoyClicks. Uh, the, pod- the show can be listened to on audio format on Spotify, iTunes, whatever other podcast service you listen to. Just search Jedi Knights or Joy Clicks. You should find it. Um, we also have Patreon. Patreon.com slash Joy Clicks is where you can go to get this podcast early every week. Usually on Wednesdays. Not this week because of the recording schedule. But uh, yeah, you get it two days early for just $2 a month. And if you want to throw a few more dollars our way every month, you can get some special perks like ad space in this show. And other beneficial things. Shout outs. Also, if you pledge $50, I will do What is it this week? A 10 hour live stream of me doing the Tauntaun impression until I nail it. All right. Uh, Yeah. Well, can't top that. No, I can't top that at all. (laughs) If someone does this and I have to do all those things. (laughs) What was the other one, too? You have to like do someone's homework. It was was like do their homework, fight their enemy. Like (laughs) it was all over the place, man. So uh, that's going to do it. Uh, Until next time. We're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Love you guys.
General Kenobi. 